Hello, mighty warriors of God, and welcome to MI15. Today is Thursday, February 8th, 2024, and this is day 2150 of our journey together. Thank you so, so much for tuning into our podcast. My name is Jackie, and welcome, welcome, welcome to you. So let's go ahead and get started. Father, we thank you, praise you, honor you above all others. I'm so grateful, Father, for the opportunity to bring your word. I pray, Father, that thy will be done. Lord, that it be only your words that come through this vessel, through my mouth. Lord, I thank you for blessing your people abundantly, for opening their hearts, opening their hearts to receive the word you have just for them. I thank you, Lord, for comforting the brokenhearted and healing the sick and blessing those who may be in financial need. And I ask, Father, that you will speak today, that it will be all about you and not about me. In Jesus' name, amen. Glory to God, everybody. Thank you again for tuning in. Today's message is, it's your move. Mm-hmm. It is definitely your move. We're coming out of 1 Kings chapter 18, verses 1 through 19. 1 Kings 18, 1 through 19. And let's learn. We're talking a little bit more about Elijah. Uh-huh. After he told that evil king Ahab that it will not rain except for by his words when he says it's time. But it's actually he, he was saying through God who gives him the power and the authority to do it. And so it's been over three years now. No rain. And uh, let's check out and see what's going on here now in chapter 18. It says, after a long time in the third year. The word of the Lord came to Elijah, go and present yourself to Ahab and I will send rain on the land. So Elijah went to present himself to Ahab. Now the famine was severe in Samaria and Ahab had summoned Obadiah, his palace administrator. Obadiah was a devout believer in the Lord. While Jezebel was killing off the Lord's prophets, Obadiah had taken a hundred prophets and hidden them in two caves, 50 in each, and had supplied them with food and water. Oh yeah, God has his people in strategic places. Don't you ever forget it. God is placing you in a system in this world that is corrupt, but he is going to be a blessing through you, just as he was in Obadiah. Verse 5 says, Ahab has said to Obadiah, go through the land to all the springs and valleys. Maybe we can find some grass to keep the horses and mules alive so we will not have to kill any of our animals. So they divided the land they were to cover. Ahab going in one direction and Obadiah in another. As Obadiah was walking along, Elijah met him. Obadiah recognized him bowed down to the ground and said, is it really you, my Lord, Elijah? Because you see, Elijah was like the teacher or the head prophet, you know, and he, he was the instructor over the house of prophets. And, and so he was the one, um, that was more, uh, seasoned. Uh, he had been in this for a while. So it says in verse eight, yes, he replied, 
Go tell your master Elijah is here. What have I done wrong? Asked Obadiah. That you are handing your servant over to Ahab to be put to death. As surely as the Lord your God lives, there is not a nation or kingdom where my master has not sent someone to look for you. And whenever a nation or kingdom claimed you were not there, he made them swear they could not find you. But now you tell me to go to my master and say, Elijah is here. I don't know where the spirit of the Lord may carry you when I leave you. And if I go tell Ahab and he doesn't find you, he will kill me. Yet I, your servant, have worshipped the Lord since my youth. Now, you see what he's saying. He is afraid of, you know, he knows how powerful uh, God has used Elijah. And he knows that God will just take him and catapult him somewhere else. And everybody's been looking for him. And it wasn't by accident that Obadiah was the first one to encounter Elijah after he had been in hiding uh, for three years. So he's saying, look, dude, my buddy, my friend, my master, <laughs> you set me up to be killed if God chooses to take you away. And, and let, let's see how Elijah reassures him. Verse 13. Haven't you heard, my Lord, that what I did while Jezebel was killing the prophets of the Lord? I hid a hundred of the Lord's prophets in two caves, 50 in each, and supplied them with food and water. It's like he's justifying, you know, the, what he's doing for the Lord and and how, look, I'm, I'm worthy. I, I'm truly a, a, a man of God. And, and please don't set me up to be killed. <laughs> And now you tell me to go to my master and say, Elijah is here. He will kill me. Elijah said, as the Lord Almighty lives, whom I serve, I will surely present myself to Ahab today. So Obadiah obeyed and went. It says, so Obadiah went to meet Ahab and told him, and Ahab went to meet Elijah. When he saw Elijah, he said to him, is that you? troubler of Israel? <laughs> I have not made trouble for Israel, Elijah replied. But you and your father's family have. See, that's why they didn't like Elijah. Elijah spoke the truth. He didn't, <laughs> he didn't sugarcoat it. He goes, hold up. No, it's you. I'm not a troublemaker. You and your family are the troublemaker. He says, you have abandoned the Lord's commands and have followed the bell. So he's telling them what he did. He's not just leaving it. No, you the troll. He's like, here's what you've done. He says, so now Elijah says, now summon the people from all over Israel to meet me on Mount Carmel and bring the 450 prophets of Baal and the 400 prophets of Asherah who eat at Jezebel's table. A total of 850 false prophets. So. I encourage you to continue reading. If the Lord has me to bring the rest of this tomorrow, I will. But I want to, this is where the Lord wants me to hone in on right here. Okay, so point number one. My family and I grew up playing all types of games like cards, dominoes, Monopoly, board games. We also did the same with our children. Some of the main things uh, I learned from playing cards and playing different board games was how to strategize, how to confidently and boldly make my move. This is exactly what Elijah did. 
Although he was not playing a game, similar principles applied. He knew it was time for him to make a move because God had instructed him on the who, what, where, when, and how. So he made his move very confidently, knowing that being on God's side, that no one can defeat him. He knew it was time to come out of hiding. Have you gotten so comfortable in your hiding place that you've ignored God's direction to make a move? Mm, Sometimes we can get complacent where we are because, you know, we've made it our home. We've decorated it. You know, we've got our family photos up, my goodness. (laughs) And uh, we've moved in a lot of furniture. And then God is saying, now it's time to move. It's like, what? I can't move now. I got to know my neighbors really well. And they know me. And God said, it's time to move. And when God says move, we need to quickly, resolutely make up our mind to do so. We must move when God says move or we'll miss our blessings. While all along wondering why God is no longer blessing me (laughs) in the original place where he had me. Why is God not blessing me here anymore? He was blessing me. Well, the blessing has moved. And because of your disobedience, you're missing out on the next phase of your purpose and the blessings that come along with it. When God says move, the blessings move too. (laughs) It's no longer, that area is no longer going to flourish according to the will of God because he's got another place for you to go and flourish now. He'll have someone else replace you and they'll do what they do in that old place or if, if necessary, unless he totally destroys it like he did with Sodom and Gomorrah. So point number two, the number one thing that keeps us from making our God-given move is fear. Maybe fear of what others may say or think of you. Maybe fear of your past being thrown in your face. Ah, and I hear that often, you know, where, where people are still in bondage to their past. And, and, and they change and they look good. They're doing great things. And, you know, and I mean, looking good on the inside out. Right. I mean, and they're doing wonderful things. But that fear of someone finding out what they were delivered from is holding them bondage. And when you are truly fear free from that. You'll just openly say to people, yeah, I, I served 25 years in prison and now God's got me doing some greater things. And I learned a lot while in prison. I met a man just recently that told me that. And I'm like, look at God. And I didn't, that didn't bother me that he, <laughs> that that was his past. And that doesn't bother God either. God looks at where you are right now in him. He's forgotten all about that. He's looking at. Are you obeying me where you are today? Another thing that holds us back is fear of rejection. Maybe even fear of more responsibility. Like, um, I'm done. I'm not taking on anything else. And of course, we need to make sure that we're not doing it unless God says to. I know when I have too much on my plate and it's stuff that I put on my plate myself. It's not things that God put there. You may have thought 
you are retired and God has given you a whole new thing to do. (laughs) You may have planned to be laid out on the beach somewhere the remainder of your life. I have news for you. There is no retiring from the will of God and his purpose for your life. You do, however, have a choice. You can either move according to God's will for your life and be blessed or not move out of disobedience and suffer greatly because of it. And sometimes we wonder, why on earth am I, can I get healed? Why on earth, you know, am I constantly uh, in chaos? Why on earth, you know, am I always uh, in the middle of a mess and in traumatizing situations? Could it be because of the people you're hanging out with that God said, I told you to move away from them? Could it be uh, maybe because, you know, God has said to you, I didn't tell you to uh, move there. I told you to move two blocks over. But yet you chose this one because this is where mama and them live and and daddy and them and cousin so-and-so live. So you want to live near them. And God said, I didn't tell you to go there. So we need to make sure that we are yielded totally to what God has called us to do. Listen, (laughs) I can only speak about this very frankly because I've done it many times. Not gone where God has told me to go. And have suffered because of it. And wondered why I was suffering. (laughs) And God said, because you're in the wrong place. Make your move according to my instructions. I knew beyond a shadow of a doubt after going through so many times of not making the move when God said to. While my sister and I were at the... Crown Center. We had a Big Mama's Bakery and lots of prestige and great honor came along with it as we were growing and doing um, what God had called us to do while being there. Lots of recognition and compliments. And, you know, we remained humble and we knew it was a lot of hard work and behind the scenes, but the people were loving it and we loved our customers. And um, we, we, even when we were in Raytown for five years, loved it there and five years at Crown Center. And um, we were flourishing. And then all of a sudden things got kind of rough, you know, after they started doing major remodeling to the mall at Crown Center. And um, a lot of our customers, a lot of that foot traffic for lunch died off because they had those entries blocked due to construction that were shortcuts for the people that worked in the surrounding areas to get in quickly and get out so that they wouldn't use, you know, be late back to their jobs. So lots of the merchants there, we suffered because of it, but God kept us. Uh, he kept us because we had catering gigs that we did. We had what we, what I called our backdoor business. And uh, when it was time to renew the lease, they said, we would love for you all to stay. Uh, and they, they, Crown Center was good to us. Uh, they were wonderful landlords and they literally came to get us from our old place in Raytown. And, and uh, they were just wonderful to work with. But there is a but. God said for me, it's time to move on. And uh, leaving all that behind, all of the customers that I came to know, I mean, hundreds, if not thousands over the last 10 years, um, you know, the 
wonderful fulfillment that came from making a great product that, you know, we made from scratch every day. Homemade bread and cinnamon rolls that just melted in your mouth that we learned how to make from my baby sister, Jill, who learned how to make it from her ex-mother-in-law. That's why it was called Big Mama, named after her mother-in-law. Well, God said, it's time to move on. And when we met with the attorneys there at Crown Center, well, the attorney one who, you know, uh, would have written up the new lease and all of that. And we told him it was, and my sister Joyce and I agreed. And um, we moved on and they graciously worked with us and uh, helped us to close things out. And I said, okay, Lord, he said, as I began the process, he began to reveal more and more where he was going to send me. And I had about maybe about nine months of just this in-between time. I knew I was going into ministry, uh, full-time ministry. Didn't know for sure what that looked like. You know, <laughs> I just knew it was going to be in ministry. And I was uh, uh, at my mom's church uh, and dad's church uh, on 21st and Prospect and doing ministry there and, and diving in deeper. And uh, then I was at a networking. Um, no, it, it was at a function. It was a networking, but there were plenty of people there with their booths and tables. And um, I, I stopped at a table called the Center for Conflict Resolution and uh, talked with the ladies at that table. And I realized this is where God would have me to be. When I learned about the wonderful things they did in the community, helping people work out their problems, giving them autonomy to deal with the situations themselves instead of having to call the police or call and going to a judge. Those things are needed at times, but most times we can work it out ourselves, how to be mediators, how to uh, support people and teaching them how to resolve conflict peacefully. Oh my gosh, my heart leaped for joy. And that is where God placed me for seven years in preparation for the next part of the journey, Transition Zone, where I am now, where it will be three years in March. And how God allowed me to start this and then another transition will be coming. But right now, I'm doing what he's calling me to do making those moves, getting ready to make another big move from our comfortable place in our church that our pastor has graciously allowed us to use to a new place, the W.E.B. Du Bois Center on uh, Linwood, uh, 31st, uh, I think, in Linwood. And uh, the old Milton Moore School needs some work. The space that we're going to be in doesn't have air conditioning, and that's totally against what I'm used to, but I know it's God. We'll get little portable air conditioners. God will give us the strength. He's going to do great things and he's going to allow us to serve even more people in the community and get more entrenched in that area. I am grateful for the move. Now, what about you? What has God shown you? He's saying, "Uh uh-huh, I see your faces. It's time for you, you, and you to make that move. Stop sitting on it. Stop trying to figure it out. You've written out the plan long enough. God is okay with the plan. Now he's saying, just get busy doing what he's called you to do. 
Now, if you don't know Jesus, that's the first step. Romans 10 and 9 says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That is the ultimate, my friends. That is the best move you could ever make in your life. Glory be to God. I love you all so, so much. May the Lord bless and protect you. May his face radiate with joy because of you. May he be gracious unto you, show you his favor and give you his peace. In Jesus name, amen. And remember, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And don't forget to check us out on our website, JackieBikesMinistries.org, J-A-C-K-I-E-B-Like-Boy-U-Y-C-K-S-Ministries.org. Check out the messages and please share them with others. And don't forget to check us out on tzonekc.org to learn more about what we're doing in the community, teaching our youth about life skills, workforce skills, entrepreneurship development, peer mediation, human trafficking awareness, and DIY projects. We thank you so, so much from the bottom of our hearts. We thank you for your prayers, your support, and your donations. All right, mighty warriors, go forth and make it an awesome day, fulfilling the purpose that God has given you and I We'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.